Welcome to the Excellent Exo Chat with Bill and Nora. Our podcast is meant to educate, inform, and discuss the ever-expanding topic of exotechnologies. If you are interested in exoskeletons, robots, or automated systems, you should listen to us. We will be discussing how these technologies impact you through chats with experts and users from around the world. Hey, Nora, how's it going? Hey, Bill, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I think we have a guest today. Who's our guest? Well, uh, our guest is John Gehring, who is actually one of our ASTM ETCOE interns this summer. So welcome, John. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks, Bill. Thanks, Nora, for letting me talk on your guys' podcast today. Sure. So, Jonathan, I understand that uh, you've been going to school for a while, and I heard that you... Uh, did schooling in mechatronics is that right yes yes mechatronics engineering um i graduated recently from a&m with a mechatronics degree um it's technically an interdisciplinary degree of eset which is electrical system engineering technology yeah and mechanics and manufacturing engineering technology is what it's split as really so so a&m that where, where's that at so A&M is in uh, College Station, Texas, little in the heart of between Houston, Austin, and Dallas. A little nice. triangle right in the center of it. So that's that's cool. that's not University of Texas, is it? No, sir. No, <laughs> no sir. that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well before I, we get like too much into like the methatronics and all that, because clearly I know nothing about that. I had mm -hmm. to I had to Google that beforehand using Wikipedia. I, I mean, I'm just curious, John, like how how did you get into this? Right. When you were looking at universities and what you wanted to major in, what was kind of your thought process and, and really how did you end up in this major? So how I ended up with A&M is a, a way too long of a story. <laughs> um, but to summarize that, basically, I, I'm i from Missouri. Okay. wasn't a big fan of Missouri. I liked more cold, calmer weather. Oh, mm -hmm. always cold, always hot. Texas just seemed to work out. And going to A&M, A&M is an amazing campus. Great engineering program. That's how I ended up at A&M. Now, how I ended up in Megatronics um, is also kind of a funny story. It wasn't uh, ever on my radar whatsoever. I never, okay. I didn't, never heard of it before. The way A&M does their engineering program your freshman year, you don't, you don't, you're not in a program yet. You're kind of in like oh. a, That's yeah, cool. you're just a generic engineer. That's great. Yeah, it's actually, I think it's an amazing idea. Um, because like I said, I haven't heard of like almost any of the. I knew of like yeah. you know, your basic mechanical, basic electrical. Right. I've heard of. I, I knew about biomechanical just because my original plan was prosthetics and like stuff like that. That was my okay. original goal was to do cool. prosthetics. Um. So that's the only reason why I knew about biomedical. Um. And the way it works is your freshman year, you you do basically all your basics, um, right. Calc 2, Calc 1, mm -hmm. basic chemistry. Um, some other uh, Calc 1 and Calc 2 is basics. That's funny. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so then at the end of that, if your GPA is um, like pretty solid, like 3.5 mm -hmm. or 3.7, I think, um, you pick three and you'll, you're guaranteed your three. Let's just say right. I didn't do so hot Cal 2. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 mean, I didn't do very well in Calc 1. My professor mm -hmm. told me that if I didn't take Calc 2 with him, that he would pass me. But I'm not going to tell you what university I went to. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I didn't do so hot Cal 2. My GPA wasn't good enough to get my guaranteed 3. So, not, none, of, none of them accepted me. Then, 
then other departments will reach out to you because you you do like a bio of like kind of what you're interested in and like why you wanted those three. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I think the ones that were then offered to me was um, was mechatronics, obviously. I think the basic ESET, electrical systems engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like civil was the third one, which I was obviously not interested in civil. Okay. Um, so then I just I just googled mechatronics. And I saw, you know, <laughs> robotics, automation. Awesome. It's everything that I've always wanted to do as, like, growing up. I just didn't know it existed, and it was just a perfect fit, like, for everything I wanted to do. Wow. That's amazing. That's a great story. It's like, you know, you just never know how you're going to get into stuff. I mean, I, I had similar things happen. I never knew I was going to get into biomedical or biomechanics and stuff. And I ended up, while I was in engineering, I was mechanical engineer. Uh, I took an elective course in biomechanics and that, that changed everything, you know, just to, yeah. you know, just happened to be there. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. Fun with this stuff. Yeah. So it's, and yeah, what, like what said, happened with you, Nora? Did you take like rocks for jocks? Is that what you? Yeah, <laughs> actually it was really funny. So it was, uh, you know, right after 2009 when it was horrible for everyone to try to get jobs that I went into college and, uh, my dad was constantly pushing science and math, science and math, nothing right. else. So I, I thought I was convinced I was going to be a physics major. Right. Uh, uh again, Took Calc 1, Computer Coding, and I think Chem 2 all in one semester. And I was like, forget this. This is ridiculous. (laughs) So my best friend and I at the time decided that we would take an intro to geology course just like as a a gen ed that we needed and fell in love with it. So, you know, when I came home and told my father that I was going to major in geology, he was like, really? Rocks? And I said, well, it's in the sciences, you know? <laughs> it is science. Specify. It is science. So, but, you know, granted, I did I did use my actual degree for seven years. So, you know, I, I did use it. But yeah, I went in as a physics major, was going to work for NASA and came out a geologist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you just never know where you're going to end up. And it's like, you know, it's great. We've got three different people from three different areas all working in exoskeletons and robotics and, and other emerging technologies, and we never plan to get here. So you just you just never know how you're going to get to where you're going to go. So what, what what are you working on this summer, Jonathan? So, yeah, as obviously I'm working here with, uh, with you guys at ASTM. Um, under the Center of Excellence, uh, Exoskeletons, um, and I am helping you all with uh, doing a like sponsored exoskeleton arm, uh, working on making it more available for like high school students and stuff like that to kind of build growth in uh, exoskeletons. Yep. More. Yeah, we're trying to do, uh, you know, help people in the STEM area and that, you know, everything from high school to college and others is we kind of hope we we're working real closely with uh, Matt Dickinson, who's from University of Central Lancashire. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but that's that's uh, uh, our UCLAN folks. And they actually have a student chapter uh, in exoskeletons and uh, they're a great group to work with. And so Jonathan's got the plans uh, that Matt helped design, and we're trying to see if we can build the the exoskeleton arm, and then see how we can help uh, improve it to make it more available to others out there who want to do uh, these projects in whatever area that STEM works. Yeah. So once you kind of got into your classes at A and M, what what did your day to day look like? Like, w- was it 
bunch of labs working with axos and different uh robotics i mean what what i mean i know nothing about this so give me a little like you know teaser of what you could expect if someone decides to go into this you know engineering field so it's because it's engineering technology um focused a major um, those are kind of like your super mechanics almost. So uh, okay. unlike a true mechanical or true electrical engineer, we, every single class I had that was within East Saturday MMET had a, a two to three hour lab that was all hands-on wow. stuff. Um, the MMET courses were like, we actually had to do tensile testing and loading, hmm. um, scratching, looking like actual microscopic views of steels, the ESET classes. Wow. Yeah, had you actually built circuits, um, built robots. I've, I've had several like semester-long projects that were. Um, one of them was a like a two two-wheeled vehicle that followed like electrical current. Wow. Um, yeah. and you actually had to like race it. Like there was like challenges with that. Um, I built one um, where you had to control pong with your bicep. So wow, like, that's uh, cool. Flexing and relaxing yeah. it. The pong you you had to play a computer and like beat a certain score. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of hands-on stuff and we don't get into really the theoretical stuff, which I like cause yeah. I like to tell from a cow too. I'm not, I'm not the best at math and all those theory <laughs> things. Um, so they just kind of just give us the, here's, here's what you need to know to go out mm-hmm. in the field and actually like get things done. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So you're one of the few people, I guess, at, uh, ASTM that can build a robot. So that's really cool, yeah. Jonathan. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> So before you started, like, you know, you saw the call for internship with ASTM. Um, had you ever worked with an EXO before? With an EXO? No. Yeah. Just a okay, lot of, so more robotics. Yeah, robotics. Uh, the UART3 kind of stuff that you see used for automation purposes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we have a few of those in, like, a lab. So that, I did a few things with that. Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing specifically EXO-related. Um, that's which is how I was really interested in like being a part of a program that was like literally dedicated to exosuits. That's what I've always really wanted to be a part of. Yeah. So let's uh, let's ask you a tough question. So this comes up all the time between passive and active exoskeletons. <laughs> so what do you think about that? So passive way we kind of think about exoskeleton is it it doesn't have an actuator. It's not powered. It's just, you know, got potential energy from a lever or an elastic band or something like that. Whereas active one probably has a robotic type actuator and stuff like that. And it's battery powered or some sort of uh, external power source. What is that? How does that fit in with what you're seeing and what you did in mechatronics? Um, I would assume that the passive would probably be more easier to work with, like in a school setting, just mm. because the active electrical ones are like I would assume more dangerous. But from a student perspective, I would much more like to work on the active ones. Right. Um, just you know, cooler and then more functionality with like microcontrollers, which is like a main part of my thing. So maybe not wearing one, but being able to like <laughs> manipulate one <laughs> separately and like watching it move and being like, I don't know if you've seen Iron Man two, but in Iron Man two, there's the scene where he's in the lawsuit, yeah, or like he's yeah. in court and he's they're seeing all the people like get their spines, you know, hurt and all that stuff. Like definitely don't want to be in one of those scenes. So, if we so can... is there anyone in particular that you want to put in that suit, John, before you start actually manipulating it? Like... Definitely had 
maybe some professors that <laughs> a little harder than they should have been, but you know. That's yeah, but great. that's you know you bring up a very good point and a and a challenge out there in the exoskeleton community when people are designing these things. They're going to be worn by a person, whether it's passive or active. So this mm-hmm. is about, you know, safety for the people in them. It's not just a robot that's going to sit off by the side and you can put a cage around it. So yeah. I think that's a really important thing. And that's something, you know, as we help, uh, whether at high school or college or others out in the field, when they're thinking about their designs, how can they do this where it fits the user and is safe for them? And mm-hmm. what what kind of tools can they use to make sure that happens? So that's really cool. Yeah, so Jonathan, I actually have a question for you. So um, in my F45 committee on robotics, automation, and autonomous systems, we have a lot of uh, different companies out there that are utilizing robotics, whether it's a robot, I'm sure you've heard of Spot with Boston Dynamics, or they're using some sort of um, robotics in their industry. And one of the areas that they are seeing difficulty is this idea of perception, right? Mm. Um, So in a lot of cities, the police departments or SWAT teams or, you know, emergency response individuals are either starting to use exos or they're starting to use uh, the the robotic dogs um, or robots in general. And perception is a very big, I don't want to say issue because I think that's too strong of a word, Mm. but perception from individuals seeing that for the first time can sometimes not be positive. So I guess I'm, I'm curious from you being in this field, working with, with robotics, um, you know, with a little bit with Exos, with Bill and I, you know, what, what was your first reaction when you saw it? And as you moved through and started working with these more, did your perception change at all? With exoskeletons, with exoskeletons specifically, or just robotics in general? Let's talk about robotics, and then okay. you can tell me about exos. Yeah. I guess the thing with robotics is it's I've kind of always been like very, uh, like pro robotics. Like, yeah. They've always okay. been something that I've always been interested in. I've always mm-hmm. liked them. Um, like I, I played a lot of games growing up that were all right. like very robotic specific. Um, and it's always been like my goal to be an engineer. I mean, work on electronics. Yeah. Um, so for so me, guess, like, my yeah, perspective you were has never really see, like, yeah. yeah. If you were going to see, like, Spot, like, walking down the street, it wouldn't be like, a, oh, That'd my be God, cool. what is that? Right. You would be like, oh, yeah. my God, that's so cool. Okay. All right. So that's fair. So how about how about Exos? Like, because you're new to that, right? Yeah. Um, I'm sure you knew about them beforehand, but what was kind of your first reaction? And now that you're in it a little bit more, what what's kind of your feeling on them moving forward? Or at this well, point? Yeah. So from what I've seen going to like so several of the meetings we've had where the people mm-hmm. have actually shown the exoskeletons, um, I would say that the non-active ones um, are almost a little underwhelming because when you look at those, okay. you almost just see like you're like a basic, almost like military gear. Like it's just very right. simple supports, very mm-hmm. simple bands and whatnot. That's um, what I thought. I was like, oh, it looks like a back brace, which I'm ex- sure many exactly. of my members are going to hate me for saying that. But <laughs> yes. that was my original thought when I first saw it. Yeah. So those, so, those I was almost a little underwhelmed. Okay. To see like, oh, is that considered an exoskeleton? Is just, you know. <laughs> yeah. From, you know, from my perspective, all I've ever seen is like 
my view of exoskeleton is like full body suit. Right, right, right. right. Iron Man. Right. Robot and, walking and around. And Doc Op. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then, the, so that, that's the active skeletons, the few that I have seen of those, um, all look pretty awesome. Like, I've, I, those all look pretty big and they look like they can, you know, right. pull lots of weight, be used for all kinds of like performance based things. And, okay. Um, so th those look like really cool. I'm really hyped to see those being used. Way, like way more often and then like mm -hmm. I said the maybe a little underwhelmed by the, the basic ones that will probably end up being more used because they're right. cheaper yeah. you know and you know they're effective. easier to get yeah, yeah. more See, flexible so, like, i have to yeah i have to agree with you john so the first time like coming into this never heard of exos before i have seen them right like but never really put two and two together and i'm going to totally show my geeky side <laughs> at the moment you know, when I first saw the the non-powered exos, I I agree. I was kind of like, oh, all right, they're kind of like braces. I understand um, how they're helping, but I I wasn't really like wowed. Okay, the powered ones had the wow factor. But cool. <laughs> here's the thing. This is the funny thing, and Bill's gonna laugh at me because I texted him. Two days ago, I have just started watching Glee. I'm, I can't even believe I'm going to admit this. But one of their episodes, there's an individual that's in a wheelchair. And he's been in the wheelchair. I'm in the second season. And one of the teachers buy him a powered Exo right. so that he can walk. And right and seeing that like i know there's videos like that you see when when the father dances with his daughter using a powered xo or all that but i agree like that the moment when you see that and you connect with it emotionally um it, it's so powerful so you know the powered xos are really something that are are one amazing like i can't even come up with verbiage that sounds intelligent enough <laughs> as to how cool these exos are but um i agree and uh, you know same goes for robotics right i you know you walk around and there's robots that are working around us now on the daily and just the life-changing impacts that they have are really cool so being able to major in something as top notch as robotics and metatronics and all that is is really cool yeah and it's it's really interesting you say that because i was just watching a video this morning where they were using uh an exoskeleton for a young child who has a uh a disability uh mm -hmm. like cerebral palsy but something a little bit different and they have difficulty just standing up you know yeah five five to seven year old child and so they use mm -hmm. an exoskeleton get the child up so they can learn what it feels like to be balanced. And then they right. take it, take it off and have the child stand up afterward because they're trying to train his mm -hmm. muscles and proprioception and all that. And I'm like, wow, never even thought of doing that. Yeah. That's an amazing application of this. And so there's so much potential with this, this technology. And, and, you know, looking at it from, again, from a very geeky perspective, I look I look at it from uh, a spectrum of like it, you can use a spectrum of mobility, capability, some sort of illity. And, you know, on the medical side where you have less mobility or less capability, however you want to describe that, the, the robotic or active exoskeletons and even some passive can really get you back up to sort of mm -hmm. the middle, back to right. cl you're close to normal, right? Yep. Moving past the normal, that's the, 
the biggest research challenges right there, even with yeah. the the, act, the active robotic exoskeletons, because they can do a little bit in that area, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not like the movies right now. Yeah. And I, I think the passive, I mean, like, you know, not to not to undermine the incredible um, aspects of the passive exos. I mean, they they really are, you know, in a sense, like the foundation, you know, like they are the foundation of of exo technology. And, you know, they are used so much in the industry. I mean, I mean, could be used so much more and need to be used more. Um, And so just being able not only to have that foundation, but then also looking into the future and developing them both at the same time is um, it's kind of mind boggling. So I agree. My perception was kind of the same, John, uh, between robotics as well as exos. Yeah. And I kind of agree with you, Nora and Jonathan, about that. It's like I kind of see the passive exoskeletons are, you know, in a sense, sort of like boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean is, you know, think of the amazing progress we've had just with shoes and boots and stuff and what it's enabled mankind to do by having oh, yeah. good footwear, right? Yep. Same thing with the passive exoskeletons. They're the boots on the ground. They're they're getting us and they're getting more, pers- uh, I'll say, a spread wide as far as into different applications and different uh, job areas so i think that's going to be the the largest spread uh and dispersion of exoskeletons first and then as as you're seeing you know as the active come along you'll see more and more of those so jonathan you're i hear you're continuing your education what what are you hoping to do once you get your uh, master's degree so speaking of the kind of you mentioned Right now, active skeletons or active exoskeletons are kind of used more for like rehab and things of that nature. My dream is to do that next step. Cool. Um, I really want to focus on taking the standard of us and like pushing it beyond and that kind of thing. That's I've looked it. into like working at like Neuralink and companies like that <laughs> and like mm-hmm. really helping push the boundaries of our capabilities. All right. Well, so I'm putting in my request early on. I want to be able to dunk. <laughs> yes. I can't jump very high at all. So if you can, you can get me coordinated enough where I can dunk a basketball at a regulation goal height. You know, I'm all, all in. <laughs> Nor any request. You 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 want anything? Uh, Taking orders. Super I mean, speed. My- <laughs> my four, well, that's it. My my four year old's getting really, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anything to help me keep up with him. So, yeah, some super speed would be nice. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you today, Jonathan. It was great talking with you, and and thank you for uh, being our inaugural intern for the yeah. Center of Excellence. So it's it's going well, and and we're gonna have a great summer together. So thank you very much. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure working with you guys. Thank you for listening to us today. Please share this podcast with your friends and join us next time.